We all carry unique histories and unseen feelings that, if acknowledged, might help us to bridge our differences. Welcome to Sidewalk Ghosts with Richard Radstone. Short, open-hearted stories that reveal the wisdom and vulnerabilities of unique strangers and confirm just how much our individual influence has upon the world we share. My mom grew up in an orphanage. Uh, she was born in 1935, and I think she went into the orphanage probably around 1938 or so, 39. But it wasn't until I was an adult that I realized that she never really felt sorry for herself or complained ever about being an orphan. She had zero sense of victim to her. She was incredibly grateful, if anything, to the nuns um, you know, who raised her and her two sisters. Sorry, I didn't even know this would affect me this way. I don't think I've ever really told this story. In every one of her stories, there was this hope that someone would come along and adopt her. Even though she never related as a victim or a sad or anything else, I heard it. And um, her dreams of a family embracing her only existed to sustain that hope. And most nights, she would say while everyone else was sleeping, she would sit on the edge of her bed next to you know, 60 other cots and just stare outside at the city lights, dreaming of the couple that would someday come and take her home just love her, just want to include her in their family. This one sweet little girl, and my mom literally was like an angel. And most likely the families that, that she saw outside the, the orphanage gates were thinking, what can I do? I'm just one person. The problem is so big. <laughs> Sorry. I don't think I've ever told that story before. <laughs> By her tears, I was set free descended upon by an influence far above the vision of my own human eyes. In her courage, she trusted me with a very personal memory. And as I listened, I began to see beyond the photographic images she creates, past the countless list of NGOs and nonprofits that have retained her, and into the over 90 countries she has walked. She calls it boots on the ground. I call her a humble, caring, and brave person, a fact credited to the work she does in her fight against human trafficking forced marriage, slavery, and the ever-morphing list of crimes against humanity. And as the veil drops from my eyes, it's easy to feel of the spirit that moves her, the whispering voice of a sweet little girl she calls Mother. And it's through those eyes that she views the world around her. There was an interesting study done where the homeless were asked, what is the hardest part about living on the streets? And overwhelmingly, they checked the other box that said, and they wrote, you know, they could write in, not being seen, being invisible, feeling like I don't matter. Not being seen or heard was worse for them than being cold or hungry. The greatest thing we can do is make people feel seen and hear them and listen to them and show them that they count, that they're special. People need to know that they matter. And in that regard, every single one of us has in us the power to make a meaningful, positive, impact on our struggling world. We all have the potential for greatness <laughs> when it comes to loving others proactively. That's something we all have. We might need to work on it. We might need to practice it, but we all have that. We have more of that. Some of us don't have money, but we all have that. She makes you think of the child living within yourself, of the tender mercies we each have equal right to receive and of a guiding hand always outstretched to those who reach for it. 
an advocate for the worth of others she is, a perspective learned and lived forward through the healing of her own life experience. Yes, she hides it not. The years of herself being abused behind her, the resulting anxiety, depression, isolation, and anger she bore, now ghosts in the past. Yet in her countenance can be seen a peace and strength that, driven by her will to heal, projects the grace that she radiates. Even a light that might inspire each of us to overcome our darkest of times. It taught me to lean on the one and only thing that I always have, no matter what, which is my faith. And I did. Knowing that my maker was my only friend, the only one who saw me, and cared about me was was just was the was all I had and when you realize that's all you have you make the most of it yes a compassionate healer and survivor she is a single mother and beloved daughter who has turned the pains of her past to blessings for the future and as she nurtures and protects her own children she does all she can to better this world we share she talks of a troubled country Haiti is a rough place for a visitor, I, I won't lie. When I walk down the streets of Port-au-Prince, I feel like people want to kill me. There's a lot of anger, but I think probably for good reason anyway. But regardless, there is. There is some a real sense of danger and violence in certain areas. But you get out into the countryside, there's some of the kindest and most generous people you could ever want to meet. And the bottom line is, hate is contagious. It's very contagious. But so is love. How do we keep our eyes on that? I don't know. It's too easy to say, well, it's choice. But I think we can be intentional about it. And I do believe that love is an action verb. It's something we do, not something we get. And remember, hate is contagious, but so is love. I asked a most delicate question. What would you share with someone who feels unloved? Or at worst, of no value? When you're that broken, when you're that hurting and that low, and somebody just looks at you and smiles at you and does some small favor, that can be a life-saving experience for some people. I know it sounds too easy, <laughs> but it's actually the hardest thing in the world. Something really special happens when love and compassion are exchanged between humans, one-on-one. -on -one. You know, when every statistic has a face and a heart. Ideally, yes, somebody who's that broken eventually will get into some awesome rehab program and they'll get all the help they need for two years straight until they can slowly be eased back into society after going through the horrible things they've endured. But before they could even receive that, if that even existed, even if that was available, they'd really just need that moment of connection, that moment of love that says I see you you matter when you're that broken having one person see you and making you feel like you matter is golden I have come to the conclusion that love is actually a superpower we've got our capes on and don't even know we have it but I think that love is incredibly powerful thousands and thousands of times more powerful than we realize it is it's millions of times more healing than we realize it is. And when you think of it like that, it's literally a superpower. I could use love to change somebody, to make them feel like they matter. Think about that. Think about the power and the responsibility in that. So I think love is a superpower that we've been given. 
and we take it for granted and, and we forget how special it is. We all talk about it, we all want it, we all want to be more loving, but it's also just sort of like something that just is. I don't think we ever stop to realize just how incredibly powerful it is and look at it as a superpower. By no intent had I imagined the depth of Lucy's love for the world around her. And by no means does she desire to shame or push any one of us to a place of pride or discomfort in owning our own gifts and demons. Yet as we take in her counsel, I have one simple hope, that she has at least loosened the burdens that tempt to divide us. She shares her closing wisdom. I'd like to see a world in the future where we embrace our innocence more, where innocence is something to be held on to and it's something to be respected. To me, innocence connotates class, like a self-respect and an openness. If there's a way to combine those two, self-respect and openness, to protect a pure heart and a pure mind, at least an attempt to. I believe we can be wise and grown up and still maintain an air of innocence and openness. A most warm and special thank you to today's guest, human rights activist and photographer, Lucy O'Brien. You can see her work and find out more about her at her website, www.lucyobrien.org. If you'd like to be a guest on a future episode of Sidewalk Ghosts, simply go to our website at www.sidewalkghosts.com forward slash Sidewalk Ghosts podcast. At the bottom of that page, there's a form where you can tell us a little bit about yourself and we'll do all we can to get you on the show. Also, if you'd like to help support the growth of Sidewalk Ghosts, check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash Sidewalk Ghosts. And please never forget, your individual impact truly does matter to someone else in the world. <laughs>